Welcome to the BFA Life Podcast. Join us as we explore our school's global impact, get to know the families we serve, and catch a glimpse of God at work. Well, this is an extremely exciting season for our school. Um, Hopefully you guys listening at home have seen that we've launched um, a really exciting capital campaign called Immeasurably More. We're looking to purchase a, a building that will serve as a large residence dorm uh, for our school. Um, and it's only 200 meters from where we sit right now. So um, we're very, very excited about it. And today we're just going to talk about how we got to this point. Um, we're going to talk to some of the people that have been planning, that have been um, praying and um, awaiting <laughs> launch day um, and some of the people working behind the scenes. And so we have several people on the podcast today. Um, I'm Josh, my co-host, Elisa. She's also here. Um, and we have Phil Dow, our head of school. We have Jack McClure, our advancement officer. And then we have our advancement officer who serves from the United States, Brenda. Um, she's on the call. Um, and so we're able to, to get her. Um, it's morning over there, right, Brenda? You're starting your day. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, um, yeah, very excited to just talk about Immeasurably More. So how about we start from the beginning, even before we even knew about this building? Um, let's actually talk about what are the needs of the school? Why are we starting to make this move now? Um, maybe, Phil, you can kind of give us an overview, or yeah, Dr. Sure. Dow, yep. and uh, <laughs> um, give us an overview of why we've formulated this this team and and why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, so... If you go back 10, 15, 20 years in BFA's history, you'll see people starting to talk about the age of HBR and Stork, that these are beautiful old buildings, but they're they're not going to last as dorms forever. So there's been an awareness that eventually we're going to have to replace those. That grew when our, our German compliance uh, group called KVJS um, uh put in certain kind of health and safety expectations that we obviously want to follow and we do. Um, but we recognize that in order to keep up with those demands that we would have to do some significant renovations to HBR and Stork. As we did that, the people um, in the last 10 years, uh, leaders at BFA recognize that renovations would cost more than building from scratch because they're protected buildings um, and we still wouldn't actually get the dorms that we were hoping to get out of that process. So very expensive Mm. and not necessarily producing dorms that are fit for um, current BFA use. Mm. So with that in mind, they had to think about alternatives and the most obvious alternative was trying to build from scratch. The challenge with that was um, zoning permissions in the city of Condern, the cost, which was in 2018 when they finally got some uh, designs approved by the city. Um, The cost was uh, massive. Um, And those costs over the last five years with inflation in Germany have skyrocketed. So when I came into the role uh, a year and a half ago, um, discussion with the board and with uh, BFA leadership was, all right, we have this need. And if we don't replace these two dorms Mm -hmm. soon, uh, we we risk having those dorms um, no longer viable through compliancy and so on. So what are we going to do? Because if we can't, that's 40 students, um, 40 families that we're serving, key to our mission, um, Mm. what are we going to do? Mm. As we looked at the cost, we recognized that the cost 
if that was passed on to our parents, would undermine our mission, which is affordable education for the families of missionaries around the world. And so we're in a catch-22. If we don't do it, um, we can't serve the families that we need. If we do do it, we might not be able to because of the cost. So we, as a, as a group, we were praying, thinking, what, what are the alternatives? Are, is there anything that we haven't considered? And at some point in August of last year, uh, our director of finance just felt a prompting that I, I need to reach out one last time to a local real estate agent. Okay, let's stop there. I'm going to pause and kind of leave us on a cliffhanger. Good. Um, because bef- before we get to to that, um, I actually want to swing over to Brenda and have her talk about her coming into this role. Um, and I would love for you to introduce yourself to Brenda because you are new to this role as of last year, um, but you are not new to BFA. And so um, give us a little overview of your experience or your familiarity with BFA and then um, kind of what were things like when you stepped in? What was the situation at that point? Sure. Um, So my name is Brenda Mellon. I have been familiar with BFA since I was a small child uh, because all the big kids on like of my friends, they're My friends' siblings all went to BFA when they were older. And so I spent my childhood in France looking forward to going to BFA um, when it was my turn. And my turn came in 1997. I went to BFA uh, for my junior and senior years, graduated in 99, the best class. (laughs) Um, And uh, I just remember it as a a wondrous time in my life. I'm sure there were hiccups along the road, like every kid's experience, but it was hugely formative in my life spiritually and academically and socially. So I'm deeply grateful for BFA. And then I took a 20 year break and moved to Philadelphia started a life here and a cup I guess a couple months before I took this role I just felt an itch um that that made me want to explore other options from the the job I had at the time and that itch in my life is usually the lord and I don't know how to what to do with that theologically, <laughs> but um, then my sister Lauren sent me this job posting from BFA, and the second she sent it to me, I said to myself, oh, "There it is." And so I applied for the job, mm. and a couple months later, here we are. So as I signed on with great joy, I had no idea what I was walking into, and I had heard about someone named Jack that I'd be able to work with who uh, was in Condern. And that is all we knew at the time. (laughs) Wow. And coming into the role um, of advancement officer on the advancement team, what was the situation at BFA like uh, at the time? What was the plan at the time? And how did it sit with you as a former 
boarding student here at BFA. Um, and we'll kind of ask Jack's perspective of this too in a minute, but go ahead and share what were your thoughts as you looked at what, what needed to be done, what the needs were and, uh, yeah, just how you felt about it. So I heard about the need to relocate the students from HBR and Stork and this struck a note with me because I started my time at BFA uh, as a boarding student in the Zonenhof dorm up in uh, Marcel. And while we loved that dorm, there were literally certain places in the dorm that we knew that if you stepped there, you were going to fall through that rug. And there's nothing we're doing to fix this right now because we have other priorities. Hmm. And, and so my senior year, my dorm relocated down to Palm Garden which was called house one at the time. And we were so upset for about three days, (laughs) the first three days of our senior year. And then we realized how free we were Hmm. because we were now in Condren and we weren't bound by the bus. Mm -hmm. You could walk home whenever you wanted, which was incredible in 1998 such freedom. Um, and we also had living, living areas, our rooms, there were bathrooms that we didn't have to share with 10 girls. Mm. And don't get me wrong, like, you'll, you're fine if you share it with 10 girls. But this was such a dramatic improvement to the way we lived and and the decisions that we could make on a daily basis that sort of empowered us to to live a little bit more normally and to be able to step into those areas and make decisions for ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. now I have to keep a bathroom clean. This is a good thing for a child to do. <laughs> so when I heard that we needed to do something about HBR and Stork in the near future, it made complete sense to me. And I've never been one to shy away from a challenge. So the idea of rallying BFA and people who don't know about BFA yet behind this project in a relatively short amount of time sounded like a great idea and something I could get excited about. I just think it's really cool that you as an alumna get to come back and help steward the future of BFA in this way. It's really cool. And that you have such a personal connection to it. Yeah, I think your perspective pretty meaningful. of the change that you experience mm-hmm. is so mm-hmm. tangible that the five of us sitting around this room won't, won't be able to articulate the way you can. So yeah. I think that's really right. neat. Right. Thanks, Brenda. Um, so, Jack, yes. we'd love to get to know you. Uh, you came in at the same time as Brenda. Um, at the inception of the advancement team. Um, tell us a little bit about you, about your family, what your heart is for for advancement in general and for the Immeasurably More campaign. Um, yeah, whatever you want to say. Okay. Yeah, so we found out about BFA while we were serving as missionaries in southern France in the town of Aix-en-Provence. Um, my wife, Anna, and I have four children, Hazel, George, India, and Petra. And we initially came to BFA looking for a boarding option for our oldest child, 
Um, this is a few years ago. And nothing really came of it. It was still uh, a bit in the distance, but mm-hmm. we had uh, someone had recommended we come check out BFA. We didn't know anything about it, so uh, we came and visited. But I remember when we did visit the school, um, we both got very teary-eyed as we toured the school and just saw the facilities and saw what the the school did. Um, and it was it was a really um, moving visit for us. And so fast forward then um, a bit later, we're in our fourth year um, in France. So about the time Brenda's looking at the job and we feel we really at this point need to do something different for our kids' education. And we are considering going back to the States. Um, we are considering going somewhere else. We, we didn't know where. And BFA came up again. And uh, Anna was looking at the job postings here, and she came across the, the advancement officer posting, and she looked at it and, and thought, wow, this is something maybe you can do. Um, prior to being a missionary, I worked in the private sector in the investment business and was a, a new business officer for a bank. And so um, a bit of a sales role, which uh, advancement can be a bit of a sales role. It's a it's an outside job where you have to go out and meet new people and talk about your organization and what you do and uh, try to pull them into um, the vision and story mm-hmm. of of what you're about. So I thought it sounded really interesting and and lent itself to maybe some of my prior skills that I had in in the private sector. So we we really prayed about it. Um, but what what got us here was that um, both for me and Anna, we decided. Our, our children would have to agree to want to come because they really wanted to go back to the United States. And so we prayed that God would work in their hearts to want to come to BFA. Hmm. And so that was going to be the confirmation for us. And so as we prayed about that, um, we went to a, a missionary conference where there were some other BFA folks there and Um, at the end of that week, just by the teachers they met, by the other students, like they already felt this connection and draw to BFA. Um, And in unison, they they just said, we want to go to BFA. So that was uh, really the point of decision for us. Mm. And so we we then started the transition process um, of all moving from southern France to southern Germany. Thank you. Very exciting. I'm excited you're here. Um, I've enjoyed personally getting to work with both you, Brenda, and you, Jack, and you too, Phil, (laughs) uh, on this. Um, So to kind of like 30,000 foot view recap, HBR and Stork are two oldest standing dorms, longest standing dorms. Um, They're aging. They have a lot of work that needs to be done, um, and it's just not a viable future for our or for our school 
to continue to operate those two buildings as dorms. And so Jack, Brenda, and Phil all arrived at BFA at the same time and formulated this team, the advancement team, that is going to work on the solution to this problem. Um, And I stopped you, Phil, a little while ago (laughs) because you were rolling on the story, a very concise, good summary of of what the needs have been. Um, And we all got together in a room um, and for an entire week put together this team, what we were, what we were going to do, what are our roles going to be? Um, and what's the, what's the foundation we're going to lay for ourselves? What are the philosophies we're going to hold to? And so, um, and we looked at the current project at the time, which was to build Jack, what give us like a couple of points about that project. Um, cause then we're going to compare it to um, where the Lord has brought us to today, but what was it? What was the plan at that point, that week, that first week, um, as a team? Yeah, and so just a tiny bit of background on on the advancement group. So this week in September of 2022 was the first time all of us had been together. So Brenda came over, and so we had never met in person, and so mm-hmm. it was the first opportunity for all of us to get to know each other, and. Phil did a really great job of leading that week and making sure we had really the basics down, which were, you know, what's the the mission of this group? What's our vision? What do, what do we want advancement to do? You know, there's the obvious, well, you have to raise money, but it's it's actually bigger than that. It has to do with growing and connecting BFA's global community. I mean, that's the heart of what we do. We want to be the connectors for the broad BFA community, whether that's parents, alumni, donors, whomever it might be. And so bringing everyone together um, to support the school in a way that that makes it viable and especially viable for missionary families going forward. And so getting together that, that week was really the first time Bryn and I heard about the building plan, you know, for me personally, it was a bit of a shock. You know, we knew we had to build this new department. We didn't know we had to build this new department and raise money for a brand new construction project immediately. (laughs) (laughs) So surprise. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a shock. And so the gist of it was, you know, the school was going to build uh, a double dorm or two dorms in one building uh, above the Palm building on some vacant land. Um, and so it was a new construction project, which, you know, is just rife with uh, risk and delays and cost overruns. And hmm. and it's, in general, uh, a harder thing to raise money for than, let's say, the purchase of a new building. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was very daunting to, to come across that mm-hmm. in that, that first week of meetings. Brenda, is there anything you want to add about your perspective walking into the room? So I was trying to keep an open mind and then what feels like I have to leave. I just thought, okay, this is really strange. Yeah. So Phil gets up in the middle <laughs> of a meeting <laughs> says, I'll be right back. And we're all looking at each other like, what is going on? (laughs) Phil, what did you go do? 
Yeah. So at that point, we were having a conversation, obviously, about how in the world we're going to handle this massive task that was ahead of us uh, the day before, or maybe two days before, um, to pick up the story, Dave Van our chief finance officer, had reached out to a local um, real estate agent who BFA had worked with before, just said, hey, here's our needs. Um, we need a place for 40 students that could be two separate dorms in, in one building, ideally, and we need it in Condern. And, and he gave all these <laughs> expectations and there's not a building like that in Condor. And he knew it was an impossible uh, request, yeah. but he put it out there anyways. And uh, he had gotten, I guess, uh, the day before he had gotten a reply and he sat down with a real estate agent and she had shown him the prospectus piece for the Vone Park building, which is 60, um, room for 60 kids, not just 40, um, was in our budget well, not we didn't have a budget, but but was <laughs> what, what was significantly um, less uh, financially taxing on the school than a, a new build would be, mm-hmm. um, and but the trick was uh, we couldn't talk about it yet because it hadn't been put on the market officially. Um, it was still being used for another purpose at the time, and there would be all kinds of implications for the the owner of that building and the business that he was running, um, and, and which we understood. So we had to, we had to be quiet. Um, so I was sworn to secrecy, he was sworn to secrecy, um, but we got to a point in our discussions where if this was possible, if God was opening up a door that we hadn't expected, I needed the people at this table who were making these plans for the future to to be aware of that. And so I, I realized I needed to, to, Dave and I needed to talk. Yeah. So that's why I got up abruptly. I don't remember what it must have seemed very strange, but I, I said, I need to step out for a few minutes. I went and talked to Dave. I said, we, we need to broaden the circle a little bit. Um, and, and cause this is the group that's going to be telling the story. And, and if the story is going to be significantly different, they need to know right away. And mm-hmm. so Dave agreed and came back in and, and then we, we told the story. Um, and, and it was this kind of shock and awe moment. I think I, I would love to hear you guys' uh, mm-hmm. reactions when I when we first kind of told that story. But for me, I was super excited. But but I I didn't know uh, how how you would respond. Yeah, Jack, you said you were in shock. Brenda, you were kind of like, well, hmm. So yeah, maybe what are the, what are the the things about this new revelation of this building that's available? And how did how did that plan answer all the glaring questions and all the glaring impossibilities with our first plan of building? Maybe, Jack, you can run through what those were. Yeah, I mean, the big difference right off the bat was it was an existing building that was a residential facility that could be converted to our uses. Mm-hmm. You know, it we weren't starting the whole construction process from scratch. And so everything about that is better price is better time is better risk is better everything about that was better and so immediately was just like this is it mm-hmm. this is incredible that this this building is available so close to the school right when we need it and so it was it was just amazing so i agree with whatever Jack or with everything Jack just said. And 
to me, it was really important that our team be able to fully commit to the project and talking about the project. And that was what was not working for me yet with the building project. I was skeptical myself, and I am certainly not going to turn around and try to convince somebody else to get behind a project that I'm not sure I'm behind. So when the news of purchasing the Vone Park property came up, I had a flashback to three or four times during my time at BFA at BFA in the late 90s when Mr. Jones, the head of school at the time, told us students that we had a a new hurdle in the finishing of Project Nehemiah and he he called us to pray. And I was like 17 or 18 years old and I don't have any idea how deep those or how high those hurdles actually were. But I remember him leading the school through this project in a way that taught us to stay close to the Lord and ask him to provide. And in the moment that Phil came back in the room and explained this Bone Park property potential, I heard that again, and I, I heard the Lord seeing BFA's needs and starting to work to meet them. We weren't sure if this was going to pan out yet, but that's not part of the deal. Like, the Lord calls us to walk in faith, and that's what finance was doing. That's what the head of school was doing, and now that's what advancement was going to do. So I <clears throat> immediately got way more excited than I was about the building project. So hearing you, Brenda, talk about um, Mr. Jones at the time and calling the school to prayer, um, that's been our DNA ever since the beginning of BFA. Every step, every big step that we've taken has been outside of the reach of human capacity, human-like ability, right? And that's why we've chosen immeasurably more is because in Ephesians it talks about, it says to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. And so it inspires me now asking and imagining the impossible or what, what seems like only God can do well, that's been going on in the history of our school for a long time um, with Project Nehemiah, like you said, um, with the addition of the gym and the auditorium and how crazy that must have seemed to BFA from the 90s. Um, yeah, it's it's great that God continually reminds us that he's the one that provides. He's the one that that orchestrates and allows us to continue on the mission that we're on. Um, yeah. And I think where it starts is pretty early on. One of the focuses we, we came to, uh, around this, this campaign is, is the history of BFA and, you know, the roots of the school going all the way back to a little homeschool in 1956 
Basel and how the school has grown in such amazing ways over that time. In 2026 will be the 70th anniversary of the school. That's generally our target date for moving out of HBR and Stork and moving into this new dorm. So the whole dorm project aligns with the 70th anniversary of the school, which is just a fantastic way to step back. And like you said, look at what God has done. How many lives has BFA touched over the last 70 years? When you think of all the staff, all the students, all the parents, then all the people connected to them. I mean, thousands upon thousands upon thousands, you know, out of that one room classroom in 1956, which is literally immeasurably more. You cannot measure the impact that BFA has had over those 70 years and what God has done through the school. So that became the wrapper. We just didn't know immeasurably more was the actual theme for that. We batted around all Mm -hmm. kinds of phrases and mottos and this and that and nothing. We, We could never agree on anything, which is always, you know, there was no peace about it, which just means we didn't know it yet mm-hmm. until uh, one day Josh came into my office and he had been uh, talking to our pastor and they had been talking about this uh, verse in Ephesians 3. And he had, he was actually teaching in Ephesians at that time at uh, the local, our local church. And um, Josh brought it up and we talked about it a little and I went home And I just remember I couldn't get it out of my head. It just kept coming back to me that immeasurably more, immeasurably more. Like there was just nothing more perfect than that in explaining what God has done. And not just that, what he is going to do, Mm. what this dorm project will uh, lead to over the next 70 years of Mm -hmm. BFA's history. It will truly be immeasurable immeasurably more than any of us could possibly imagine. What does this campaign look like and how will that play out in the short term in the next couple of years? This is a cause that we can invite people into that who have not been in conversation or in relationship with BFA ever or since they left BFA. And So we have both a very long-term plan for the relationships and the ongoing support in both directions between BFA's constituents and BFA, and a shorter-term goal of this three-year campaign. So just to give a a broad overview of the campaign, we're starting off with our year-end appeal. And so we've just launched this. We're looking to raise $250,000 over the course of the next month or so. And that's just to kickstart this thing. And what we really want is broad participation from the BFA community, Um, staff, parents, uh, existing donors, uh, people who know about BFA 
uh, from friends. And so we want as many people as possible to come on board as early as possible. And the size of the gift is, is not important. We just want people to get on board. Um, and that's going to launch this. So then we're going to go into the next year. The purchase will be at sometime in uh, probably the fall of 2024. And so we're going to have have to have a good amount of money uh, raised by that point. And so I would say the campaign will go into a bit more uh, targeted approach over the course of um, the spring and summer of 2024. You know, once we have uh, a broad spectrum of people involved, uh, we then want to go a little more focused and deep in trying to identify people to sponsor specific parts of the building. And so that could be uh, an individual student room uh, on one end. It could be the entire building or a dorm floor on the other end. And a great example of this is one of the former RAs of HBR has stepped forward and said, Hey, I would love to sponsor a um, HBR RA apartment uh, in the new building. I can't afford to give $30,000 myself. However, I'm going to raise that money from all the former HBR RAs. And so there are a lot of those out there, and he's going to take it upon himself to go out and uh, try to rope in all these other HBR RAs uh, to see that, that that happens. And so if we have people doing that all over the place, I mean, this, this will all get taken care of. And so maybe you don't have um, a lot to give individually. However, through your network, through your class, whatever the case mm -hmm. might be, um, there are other ways to make a significant contribution to this. What an incredibly meaningful thing to do. Like if you were an HBR stork, yeah. like this is, this is how we carry on the legacy. You look like you were going to say something, Elisa. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I think it's important to note to those listening that the goal is that these two dorms are going to continue on in legacy. They're still going to be named HBR and stork in the new dorm, the new tri dorm. And so that's so cool that, that it can mm. it can spread from the 80s, 90s, 2000s all the way and continue um, as a former RA. Like that gets me excited to know mm -hmm. that uh, the legacy doesn't stop from your years at BFA. I was talking to a former Storky um, on Instagram, of all places, <laughs> just this week. And she was just talking about how she's so glad she got to walk through Stork again. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that would love to come back and just take a walk, you know, through the building because it means so much to so many people. Um, and through that conversation, I realized I personally would have loved to be invited to be involved in the process of moving Zona down to Condor. Um, I was a dorm student in Zona when it was up in Marcel. And when I came back to serve here, Zona was back in town. And I had never, I didn't know about that at all. Um, and 
it and Zona too was a very old rickety building and now the building that Zona is in now is beautiful and it just would have meant so much to me to have the opportunity like what HBR and Stork has right now to carry on the legacy to be involved mm-hmm. um so I realized I got excited for her I was like I'm so excited for you and your fellow Storkies to uh to get involved in this so yeah uh, Brenda did you want to say anything else particularly on that sure uh one of the things that i uh realized when i took this role is that i had never given to bfa because i was completely unaware that bfa had any needs it had never occurred to me to give money to bfa and many many people bfa and otherwise give money away particularly in north america and i was excited to be able to put this option in front of people particularly alum who may want to contribute financially to this project or contribute in some other way help us make a connection or like introduce us to somebody at your church, something like that. Uh, and that's not a muscle that BFA has exercised yet. And I got so excited to be able to participate in that myself. And amount is not what we're talking about. It could be $5 or it could be $5 million. It's welcoming BFA staff and student alum into a place where they can say, yes, I, I, I'm with you. Here's how I can help. And I'm really glad to be part of this next step for BFA. And so when I think about how this applies to this particular project, for instance, HBR Pride runs very deep, Mm -hmm. as we all know. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a whole ton of opportunity for groups of men from whatever class who were at HBR to get together and contribute something. And that something is entirely up to them. But, you know, if there's 47 people in your graduating class, you can you can come up with some stunning numbers as a group and we don't want to force anybody to give but we do want to put the opportunity in front of them if this is something that moves them to join having been a dorm student at bfa bfa was my home right my room was my home and it BFA slash Condren has a really meaningful place in my heart. Um, So when I think about being able to potentially give to students for the next 30, 40 years a home in Condren at BFA in this new building, um, that brings me to the verge of tears. So we are inviting people to like jack said sponsor different areas of the storm but the idea of being able to bless two students with a home 
that's as meaningful to them as it was to me. Um, when they're away from their parents and at a very formative time in their life, to be able to put a little plaque on the wall that says something like, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you, so and so. Those kids will never, ever forget that. And they won't even realize what that means until they're 40, 50, 60. But the idea of being able to do that and welcoming people into those kinds of opportunities brings me right to the verge of tears. Well, it, it also brings those students, <clears throat> excuse me, into a story. They're, they're a new chapter in a story that's been developing and growing. And they're, um, and that's that's pretty. I mean, you're right. Until they're 50, they may not appreciate it fully. But but that's that's a really cool thing. I'm part of this larger story of the mission of the school and the and a global impact that it's having. That's one thing that we haven't talked about as much in this uh, session is just the 60 countries where work's going on that that we're a part of here and that those kids represent and that. The next generation will represent and on and on. Well, I last night got a message from someone who was so excited because their oldest will be coming here next year and they just got accepted. So even just to see how their numbers are growing, the need is still there. The need will always be there. And so this situation is so prevalent today and tomorrow and the next day. So, Jack, can you tell us a little bit more about the timeline, especially... Yep, in the next three years. So, like I said, we hope to close on it sometime in the fall of 2024. But then we're going to have to do uh, a bit of renovations as we build out the parent and RA apartments in the building. And so, you know, that could take uh, six months to a year. And so the actual move-in date we hope will be fall of 2025 so that that graduating class of, of 2026 uh, will be moving in there. But, um, you know, that's still open. So that still then gives us another year um, that we'll be fundraising and um, collecting the no- donations needed to, to bring this reality to reality. And what is that number that we're going for? So we're seeking to raise about nine million U.S. dollars, and so once you um, take out campaign expenses and currency conversion, um, you know that brings us, uh, and then have the renovation costs in there. Um, you know that brings us close to about 8 million euros for the whole project. And what's exciting to me about that is um, getting that building full of students and staff. One will be able to serve an additional 20 families that we don't right now. So it's going to give us extra room. And in addition to that, those 20 families will bring in a little extra revenue Mm -hmm. that we will be able to have some room to um, get rid of the debt that we have right now as a school. Um, And once we do that, then we can really seriously 
look to the distant future and how can we remain um, cost-wise for families at a level that empowers them, um, empowers mission families all over the world. So yeah, this is not just a building. This is like the continuation of BFA is what we're doing right now with yeah. the purchase of this building. And really the expansion of our mission too, to serve families who are coming, who, mission families who are coming from developing countries too. There's mm-hmm. going to be a, we see a, a wave of new missionaries coming from countries that don't necessarily have the same type of resources that North Americans have traditionally come right. from. And that's, those are families that we want to serve in the same way. Absolutely. So if we can do this, you know, without adding anything to our debt, that will allow us to be uh, accessible to those families and to have play a major role in the next generation of global missions, all nations going to all nations. We, mm-hmm. we see that being a key part of this. Uh, one thing I'd like to clarify, because I've gotten a couple questions through the grapevine, uh, is that we're talking about a, a triple dorm or a tri-dorm, as Elisa was saying. It is a single building that will contain three dorms. One will be the new HBR, one will be the new Stork, and one will be the new unnamed dorm as of yet. If you're interested in that possibility, contact BFA Advancement. Um, so just to clarify, it's one building that will house three dorms and that gives BFA an extra 20 beds when all is said and done compared to what we have now. So we can grow our boarding program by 20 students once we're in this new building. Awesome. So if someone's wanting to give, wanting to get involved, what should they do? Well, we've made it pretty easy. Um, (laughs) If you go to bfacademy.de, you'll very easily find our give page or the immeasurably more page that we've set up for this campaign. Um, There's plenty of information on those pages to help you in whatever whatever way that you want to participate in this campaign. It's there, whether it's financially, whether it's prayer, um, whether it's just sharing the word, um, that would be a huge help is just to get the word of this, uh, opportunity to as many people as possible. Um, if there is a kind of not your orthodox, just, I want to give this much money. There's contact information as well, where you can, um, talk to Jack or Brenda about what you would like to do to contribute. Um, if that's not just a write a check sort of way. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's very easy to go on there (laughs) and, and find out, um, how you can help. Yep. And we will put emails and info in the show notes, Mm -hmm. as well as always like to plug our social media is a great way to follow Mm -hmm. along with what's happening big picture as well as on campus. And we also will be posting Mm -hmm. about what's, how the campaign is going through there. Mm -hmm. So Yep. So stay tuned. Well, Brenda, thanks for uh, taking out a bunch of time of your morning to sit with us virtually from from Philadelphia. Um, And thank you, Jack and Phil, for being here. Um, And for, yeah, you guys and the work that you've already done for over a year now to get this thing off the ground and um, just, yeah, your commitment to CBFA continue, not just hold at where it's been, but to expand and to grow and to continue to um, further the mission. So, yeah, we appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you both.
for yeah. having us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thank you for the podcast. They're great. Oh, <laughs> Thanks. It's an honor. <laughs> well, can we please pray real quick yeah. for this project? Because as we said, prayer is number one. So we want to put our words in action. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about what you've been doing. You have had your fingerprints all throughout this process and We just praise you for the way that you have been at work, and we ask that you continue to be at work. May you do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine in regards to this campaign, as well as in the mission and vision that you have called BFA to in empowering global missions and loving on TCKs, Lord. May you um, make a way, may you bring to mind and to bring um, your resources uh, to this project, Lord. I ask for full completion in your timing, Lord, and may we just surrender it to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. This podcast is made possible by the generous supporters all around the world who enable each staff member to serve here. If you want to learn more, please visit our website at bfacademy.de or follow along on Instagram and Facebook at Black Forest Academy. You can find links in the description of this episode. The BFA Life Podcast is brought to you by BFA Communications, and the music is provided by Emma Worthy, Class of 2020. We hope that through this podcast you've received a glimpse into what God is doing through our families, staff, and students as they influence their world for Christ.